0: Hey, Marco, how you doing? Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me, but I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jer. And they wanted me, they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me. And gosh, that's that's beautiful. Um, How you doing again? (laughs) Nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now. And they wanted me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chanukah because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time.
1: thing that I could pass on for those out there who do write, and something that, uh, uh, Jonathan had kind of talked to about in terms of uh, his, his craft as a musician is, is that one thing I discovered is, is that, that, that it's when you reach that point if you 're writing it, oh, there was always this thing i 'm going to go think about it like he was saying you know i wasn 't inspired yeah. you know you write along and then all of a sudden you 're stuck and you go oh, no i 'm going to go think about it well you don 't mm-hmm. and sit there and bang your head. What I found eventually, and it took almost two two books to get there, was that you don't get up and you just keep writing. And you write horrible stuff. You write pedestrian stuff. You just write what your thought would be. You know, what are you trying to say? Not saying it. Just what do you, and you just keep writing until eventually I found if you kept doing that, your brain would find a spark and that's when you stop. And you go, I'll come back tomorrow and start from there. And there's a place that I can begin to think from. And that to me was it was key to at least my writing. And that you don't have to write, nobody writes eight hours a day unless they're mildly psychotic.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> coming in town. Santa! oh my god santa here i know him didn't have picked this little tree everything i do turns into a disaster i guess i really don't know what christmas is all about Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about.
0: Mm, The fireside is blazing bright.
2: We're carrying. Hiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shall round about them. Christmas is all about sharing. It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We 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 smile a little easier. We 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 share a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hope would. Be. It's a miracle. It's
3: really a sort of a
2: miracle. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. We do have to get involved. There are people that are having having trouble making their miracle happen. And behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. There are people that don't have enough to eat. And there are people that are cold. Linus is right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, I'll you I'll take can... this little tree home and decorate it. And I'll show them it really will work in our play. Make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here.
4: I get it now. Then you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you.
2: First prize. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. Oh, well, this commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want
4: that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it.
2: You'll want it every day of your
4: life. And it can happen to you. I don't... I believe
2: in it now. I never thought it was such a bad little tree. I believe it's gonna happen to me now. I'm ready for it's it. It's not bad at all, really. Uh, and, uh, Maybe it just needs a little love. It's great.
4: It's a good feeling. It's, it's really better
0: than I've felt in a long time.
2: Who the heck are you?
0: What are you talking
4: about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not.
2: Charlie Brown is a blockhead. But he did get a nice tree. Uh,
4: Why, of course, I am! (laughs) You're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, Happy birthday, of course!
2: (laughs) You sit on a throne of lies.
4: Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? (laughs) No, he's kidding. What's
2: going on here? You stink.
4: I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese.
2: You don't smell like Santa. Okay. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown!
0: Oh, holy night The stars are brightly shining It is the night Of the dear Savior's birth A new and glorious morn falls. was born Oh no
5: Your internet radio
6: dial is in the perfect position, and race to the bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing. Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice.
2: Have it with milk and sugar.
6: Or a lemon wedge. Or oh natural. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's Winslow Tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Cause that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm John Reed, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is the Holiday Spectacular Race to the Bottom Edition. Hey, hey! In the background, we're hearing Angelica from the John Coltrane Duke Ellington album. It's good, playing something on this album besides In a Sentimental Mood, which got played into the ground. This is the Holiday Spectacular and as always, my opening monologue is sponsored by Winslow Tea. Mmm. But that is Winslow Cocoa. You got your cocoa? Love cocoa. If you don't have your <laughs> cocoa, it's the dumbest word. If you don't have your cocoa, please brew up some Winslow Cocoa right now and join in the Festivities of the show because we're going to be talking about Christmas. Doing my Canadian about. You guys notice the Canadians say about, and all Canadians say that like that. It's not just like from one part of Canada. It'd be like if if everybody in the United States all pronounced ka like they're from Boston. How is it that everybody in Canada is on the same page with a boat? These are the kind of questions that I have. And I know you have questions like, what was in that opening mashup? We heard from Smokey Robinson talking about Chinooka. It was fun, right? And interspersed with um, some of this stuff, we heard my buddy, my long-lost buddy, J-Rod, Jacob Rodriguez, doing his arrangement of Billy Strayhorn's Isfahan. Beautiful, right? So we heard from Smokey Robinson. We heard from the comedian Louis Black, who you might know from, like, The Daily Show. He gets on there and yells, and I never was a big... I wasn't really a Lewis Black fan until, I don't know, recently. He's kind of grown on me. But he was on a little panel with our friend... Jonathan Scales And he's talking about Jonathan there And about writing I gotta get back to writing I was writing a book This summer I put it down Because I can't really do I can't do I can't Chew gum and Pat my head Sideways At the same time Maybe I'll do it This this break This Christmas break Get back to it And then we moved into the Christmas theme of things we heard from Charlie Brown which I guess they finally found a place to play that on the TV there was some controversy where it wasn't going to air for the first time in 600 years Charlie Brown and his Christmas tree his straggly old tree we heard from maybe the best holiday movie of all time Elf Santa I Know Him I remember, that was more than 10 years ago, going around with my mom and my niece, trying to find a DVD copy of Elf for us to watch here in Fredericksburg. We went to like five or six different shopping outlets, finally found one. I think we finally found one. Heard from Donnie Hathaway, shake a hand, shake a hand now. Everybody talks about Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, as being the best, like, uh, original Christmas song in decades. But, I don't know. This Christmas, Donny Hathaway, so good. Heard from the Beach Boys, We Three Kings. Mike Love's amazing voice in, in the mix there. He turned out to be a great dude. Well, he was always a great guy. Heard from Scrooged. And Bill Murray's monologue there at the end, he really hits that happen. You really hear his, uh, he's supposedly a New Yorker in that role, but that happen really exposes him as a Chicagoan. And speaking of New York Christmas movies, just got to give another shout out to the podcast Fun City Cinema they just did a great episode on Home Alone 2 and they got deep on it we'll talk more about Fun I want to get this guy Michael Hull from that this guy's leaves me flabbergasted with the connections he makes every, every episode get him on Race to the Bottom one day we heard from Nat King Cole with with the best Christmas song. Holy Night. Nat King Cole with his silky voice. Nat King Cole was a heavy smoker of cool menthol cigarettes. And he believed that that gave him the rich sound of his voice. He'd smoke like three packs a day. And he would uh, chain smoke before his recording sessions. And then... He died of lung cancer. So you see how this trajectory goes, boys and girls. Just say no to cigarettes and tobacco products. But just say yes to the interviews. (laughs) Like that transition that I did? So we're going to hear from three of the people that I talked to last Holiday Spectacular. Checking back in after one... Heck of a year brownie. Let's first talk to my buddy Jay Clarkson and then Kent Corin, host of Mothers of Connection, right, which airs right before this show. Here on Radio Free Brooklyn we'll talk about his radio show and his son, his new baby boy, and Hanukkah. Which I celebrated for the first time this year. Kent is also an, an actor, a comedian. We'll get into that a little bit. And his show, as he says, Mothers of Connections, really riding a high off the popularity of this recent Frank Zappa documentary, which I still gotta watch. I was gonna watch it, but it's like $7 to rent it on Amazon. I gotta just take the hit and do it. And then finally we'll hear from Dr. Dad, who as usual brings the insight to us all. But first let's talk to, to Jay Clarkson about Christmas and Christmas songs. This is a fun one. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this is Race to the Bottom. Sorry. You can't
5: lie you can't lie to a priest, John.
6: I'm not lying. That's Just to w- make me feel better. That's what I uh, indicated on, on Instagram, that I was, I was going to stop promoting it in the new year.
5: Okay, because I was working off what you said on the show.
6: Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you've revised that. Things have changed.
6: Yeah, I'm, the situation on the ground has changed.
5: Yeah, yeah. New, new information has come to light. Yes, uh, I feel I feel a little bit hesitant quoting the Big Lebowski with you because I feel like you'd be like, "Oh man, really?"
6: Oh uh, No, I I um I'm gonna do a Big Lebowski show one of these days. I it's, okay, it's one of my uh yeah okay. I know so it's, it,
5: it's not played out as no. Who cares? It's, yeah. the, it's the best. Yeah. Okay.
6: By the way, I'm I'm here with with our friend Jay Clarkson and. And that leads me to my first question for you, Jay. Yeah. Does your congregation know that you're uh, a weird guy?
5: You know, I, I think that they know, but I don't, like, I don't think they know the full extent uh-huh. of the weirdness.
6: They don't follow you on Twitter?
5: No. no. No, 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 So that's where the weirdness, like, the weirdness gets concentrated. There yeah. Because that's the one area where I feel like people from church aren't really following me. Yeah. So, so you can, I can, I can be a little bit different there.
6: Cause we got to know, I feel like we got to know each other in a, in a, in a way through, uh, through Twitter and then from, Mm -hmm. and then from, um, Indian, uh, lunches.
5: Right, right, right.
6: So it's the holiday season and, uh, yeah. So you, so you are at an Episcopal church. Are you uh, Are you guys doing a midnight mass?
5: We are not. We're not. And we're not doing that for two reasons. One is, um, no, like, nobody around here stays up to midnight. <laughs> um, me included. You know, so uh-huh. if we were doing a midnight mass, we'd do it at, you know, like 9 or 10 o'clock. It's like, mm. that's late enough. That's yeah. late enough. And we aren't doing... Uh, we're only streaming services. We don't have a congregation at all yeah. in, in the church. And so we don't have we don't have the, the communion piece because of that. because in, in my understanding of all of that, like it's not a, really a spectator sport. Like you really kind of have to have a congregation. Yeah. present to do that right so we're not doing that either what we are doing is um if you've ever listened to the the bbc on christmas morning or christmas eve they do that lessons and carols service mm-hmm. from uh from king's college so we're going to do a version of that
6: so, so i don't want to i don't want to scoop you here but what what would you say um because this this is our, our holiday spectacular episode
5: here. What, right.
6: What, what's your uh, what's your Christmas message this year?
5: Well, I you know, I'm I'm still working on that. It's got a it's got a sim, simmer like a yeah. like a like a fine uh, chili, you know.
6: Like a Garrison Keillor oh, p- monologue.
5: God. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you let that stew. But the thing that, I mean, the thing that struck me, okay, so here's where it gets weird and nerdy. Because I was reading an article uh, earlier today about the, the date of Christmas. Like, how did we come to the 25th? Because
2: mm-hmm.
5: there's no historical record for that. The church dated the Annunciation, that is, Mary's, the beginning of Mary's pregnancy, mm-hmm. to right near, or or ten days before uh, the date of Easter. So there's a sense of of God coming into the world of of this conception of God in human form, sort of in relationship to to Christ crucifixion and and resurrection and sort of this second birth of Christ into the Mm -hmm. world, so to speak. So if that's March 15th or March 25th is Easter, you know, um, which is not always on that date, but that's a different story. Then nine months later is Christmas, is the birth of Christ, Yeah, nine months after the conception. So that's how you arrive at December the 25th. And the first Sunday that we did not meet in person as a church because of COVID was March fifteenth. Oh, and so I'm just kind of thinking, uh, just in terms of, you know, and hopefully I can put it more artly, artfully than a youth pastor. But a youth <laughs> pastor might say, if you think your year has been difficult. Imagine the year that Mary had, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
5: so just to kind of to kind of put it in to relate our experience to the experience of Mary, and the year that she had where there was this annunciation, and then she stayed somehow married or engaged to joseph, and then they had to take this they had to, they had to travel late in her pregnancy and uh, Joseph had failed to secure accommodations ahead of time you know so forth and so on so it was a it was a difficult year for her uh but it was also a year that that brought into being God in human form God physically present to us you know so if you believe that
6: I like it I always yeah. I always thought that if I were, you know, my my uh, grandfather was a was a um, pastor, and right. I always thought that you know I'd do a radio show every week, you know, and I uh-huh. I'd work work on it all week and kind of write it. I always thought that the most enjoyable part for for me, if if I were in the calling, would be to come up with my sermon.
5: Yeah, and it, I mean it's. You know. Yeah, it's a challenge every week. It's a puzzle, you know, I think about comedians who are working on, you know, their first 15 minutes or working on a whole hour. And it's like, you, you take a year to put together an hour. And I'm like, I've got six days to put together 15 minutes, Damn. every, you know, every week. So it's like, it's got to be engaging and thoughtful and hopefully self-reflective. And, all, you know, so it's kind of like, that's, it's no small feat. It's no small challenge.
6: Can I give you a, a note on on your um, what you're working on?
5: Sure, you know I want you to to I mean keep in mind it's it's not fully baked <laughs> well yeah I to I quote can't. the graduate you yeah, know. yeah, or misquote the graduate yeah
6: my my one note would would just be on that that pivot instead of saying like you think you've had it hard uh you know think about well think about Mary I would right. I would um not do the um I'd I'd like that shift except take out the uh com- comparison of uh pain.
5: Oh yeah 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 no that's and that's what I was saying when I was when I was saying that you know that's a total youth pastor move. <laughs>
6: It seems like connecting this moment and with this year is that's the that's the crux, right? Is, is right figuring right. out. I mean, we're at home, my wife and I, and not. And this mm-hmm. is the first time that I haven't gone. I'm not going to see my my parents on Christmas in my entire life, actually. Oh, wow. Um,
5: yeah. Yeah.
6: So you know, but we gotta. We got a Christmas tree, my wife and I, for the first time and and, Uh and doing presents. And we're also doing Hanukkah and have the menorah just just to like mark this time, you know, and to make one day feel a little different than the next.
5: Right. Oh, sure. Sure. (laughs) Right. Like, how else do you know that time is is moving?
6: Exactly. I saw somebody somebody tweeted, uh, somebody shared this, like, it's March and 3 3 months I still haven't processed last March.
5: Right. Well, and that's the thing, in terms of both this idea of trying to de-sentimentalize Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and move make that move into like, no, like there was you know, there was mud and and feces in the in the stable, like that's yeah. that's a real thing, is also a part of why you know, the season that we're actually in at the moment is the season of Advent. Like, we won't put up Christmas decorations here until Christmas Day. And part of that is to mark time,
2: Mm -hmm. is to
5: say, what's happening, what's going to come has not yet arrived. And kind of like, in a sense, like lighting candles on a menorah, you know, I think the advent traditions of, of having a calendar to mark the passage of these days while we wait for what we know we believe is coming, we you know, yeah. we trust is coming, but it's not here yet is important because yeah, then it's like, wait, what month is it? Yeah. You know
6: that's interesting. Um I have I I recognize the same. I hadn't heard that of not having the the decorations and the celebration it till the day that does make sense i guess i'm have the same spirit but the exact opposite where i like to take the christmas tree down like on the 26th to still like mark the thing you know so where it's like this isn't a it's marking a specific
5: right um, there are there there are boundaries around this Yeah, yeah yeah well and and so, traditionally, then in the church year, in the liturgical year, that would be January the sixth.
6: Oh, because you got the twelve, twelve days, right?
5: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And on the on the twelfth day, that's when the um, the wise men from the east show up, and that marks the end of the season of Christmas. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you got those twelve. You got to sing all of the songs. You got to eat all of the fruit cake drink all of the boiled custard mm-hmm. in those twelve days and then wake up on the sixth incredibly hungover and just gross yeah with all of that stuff and take all the decorations down. Exactly and put them away because it's over.
6: So you you mentioned this the songs that we sing during this time and I'm I, I'm always interested in people's least favorite Christmas songs and or performances.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, do you hear what I hear? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's just creepy. Do you hear
2: what I hear?
0: Said the night wind to the little land. Do you see what I see?
2: Do you see what I see? Way
0: up in the sky, little land.
6: A couple of, of my um, go tos for kind of hate listening. Well, one is definitely "Little Drummer Boy" by uh, Bob Seeger.
5: I have not heard that version.
6: Ooh, it's rough.
5: Yeah, it can't be as bad as Bob Dylan's "Must Be Santa," though.
6: Oh yeah, he did a whole album, right?
5: Yeah, and I haven't gotten past that one song, but it's bad. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a
2: beard that's long and white. Who comes round on special night? Santa comes round on special night. Special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus.
6: And you know which one I realized last year that bumped me out. Um, and you would think that this is fun, but it's the Bruce Springsteen uh, "Santa Claus is Coming to Town" live version that they always play.
5: Yeah, yeah.
6: I I don't like how much fun they're having.
5: Yeah, see, I'm not going to be able to agree with you there, John.
6: You like it? I
5: did. Well, I'm a huge I'm a huge Springsteen fan.
6: Well I like I like Bruce, but I just that's I don't um Well yeah. I feel I feel like they're having a lot more fun than I'm having whenever I hear the song. And but I just I feel FOMO when I hear it.
5: No, but you're invited to that. See, that's a party you are invited to, my friend. Really? You are in the you were in the middle of that. Yeah. Bruce welcomes you.
6: Even when I'm in the grocery store and it's playing on the
5: Especially when tent. you're in the grocery store. Especially when you're in the grocery. Bruce is Bruce is present to you in that moment. <laughs>
6: down here but I think we got some some really good stuff
5: yeah I feel good and I will come back anytime doesn't have to be around a, a major cultural slash Christian event I can be I don't know whether you know what I could be I could be vicar of race to the bottom
6: yes I'm into
5: that I would I would accept that
6: all right buddy well okay my friend great talking Merry Christmas
5: Merry Christmas to you.
6: All right, buddy. All right.
5: Talk to you later. All right. Bye.
3: Sound great.
6: Yeah. So I'm here with my buddy and radio show phenom, Kent Corin, who you just heard. You just heard him. He was just on.
3: That's right. Yep. It's a Zappa show. Once again, Same. well, I've found many ways to keep it, uh, to keep connecting it to many themes and themes, especially with the popularity of the doc.
6: Yeah. So um, it's the show's mothers of connection and, and you kind of, it's kind of like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing, but with Zappa,
3: right? Yeah. You hosted it the one time. You probably did that format better than anyone i you really did a good job connecting uh i remember like one guy was in prison now and remember there was oh yeah that was really dark but everybody else was fairly okay in life a lot of good musicians on i think you did apostrophe
6: i did apostrophe and and all the and then i saw who was on the on the sessions and then traced them to to their things
3: so that's become, that's still like the underlying thing, but I'll do a theme like um, Frank was really into doo wop. So last week was doo wop, but like two weeks ago it was Indian Heritage Month. And there was a guy, Jimmy Carl Black, who used to call himself the Indian of the group. But I digress. I'm bringing my show into your show for a mashup, bringing it back yeah. to you as you're a mashup. Yeah, hey, there now. you
6: go. Yeah. So uh, we haven't been able to pass the baton in a long time since March, early March.
3: Yeah, I I really miss that experience.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, we're gonna get the vaccine and then we'll we'll be right back at it, right?
3: Yeah, well I'm working on one too. So um my it's with Kool Aid and uh I don't know. <laughs> don't you feel like somewhere somebody's like, Oh yeah, you get a
6: vaccine? Yeah, you're just looking for that second ingredient. Kool Aid and I started
3: Kool Aid, it's gotta be um I don't know. So
6: since I've seen you, you've had a kid.
3: Yeah. Still have it.
6: You still have it. Yeah. Good, good. You're doing well.
3: <laughs> Four months.
6: Yeah. Congratulations on that.
3: Thanks, man. It's a beautiful, amazing experience.
6: So I think we did like a freestyle show, but but before that, the last time I feel like I had you on was for the holiday spectacular. But I, I wanted to um to Touch base with you because this is my this was my first year celebrating Hanukkah. Oh been great!
3: Doing, what made you want to do that?
6: To just mark the season because we're not going anywhere. So, it, you know, I'm piling it on. I'm not really a Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. So why not uh, celebrate Hanukkah too?
3: Sure, it's a great story there.
6: Yeah, what's your? I just wanted to know how, how the holidays are feeling this year to you after everything we've been through and having a kid and what's it like
3: for you You know, with having a baby even though he's four months it's really fun (laughs) because you get to go look at this and look at that and the lights are on and Mm -hmm. um you know there's an innocence of we we do a menorah and a christmas tree or i always have just i don't know if it was the neighborhood we grew up in it just seemed like christmas it's not You know, overly, it didn't feel overly religious, though I know people do treat it that way. And we weren't overly, we were reformed Jews, still are. Um, Though I went to a conservative Jewish camp, so I feel like I'm reform plus. Nice. I got a little extra, somewhere in between reform and conservative, at least in the things I learned. And as long as we're talking about Hanukkah, I was so, I, I was really passionate about bringing the story of Hanukkah to the rest of the country, and I didn't realize how... Um, how many people aren't Jewish? I mean, I know it's quite a bit, but yeah. I, I pitched it to someone who was a Hollywood, who was a writer and said, Listen, man, no one's gonna go for this, the rest of the country. You know how many people are Jewish? It's like one percent. Um, if that. So it wasn't there wouldn't be an audience for it, but I was like, Well, why don't you just call it like lights or something something that's not that doesn't yeah. scare people off? But I wrote up back then it was nineteen ninety nine and I remember I Drew a storyboard and, um, you know, did like a three-hole punch binder and went into an office of like a small production company and tried to sell this thing. And it was just naivete, man, like (laughs) straight out of Buffalo, like, I'm here to teach the world Hanukkah. Well, maybe they were wrong. They definitely were. That was just one doofus he talked to. One doofus, yeah. I know. And my my thin skin is just like, I'm done. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and even even my other show, like two years ago, this is Chip. We've got it to TBS, and I was like, I'm good. I can't handle rejection, I guess, as as much as I, I've, someone should that's a writer actor. But you asked me how the holidays are treating me, and um, I don't know. I'm not like a holiday guy. Yeah. But I, with having a baby, I, I feel like one because we've got the Christina getting a really good job, like pulling out all these um ornaments and we put up a fake tree and uh all the doodads and my dad's nutcracker is is uh is on display so there's something nice in passing on those objects too from generation to generation yeah. that i didn't realize so yeah now the holidays will be will be a thing i think more than usual
6: i i can't wait to to uh have our Cut shows in up.
3: person again Oh yeah, had a lot of things in person. But I did like that experience of you coming in and Yeah. It was a, it was um a skill in itself, just like passing it off and getting out of there and Yeah. All right, man. All well, right, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Have a good holiday season if I don't uh, hear from you and uh, stay in touch.
6: Yes, likewise. Peace.
3: Peace. Right. Well, I heard there was a secret code the David played and it
4: No, I must have pushed something wrong because you disappeared on me. Oh, really? What do I know? Well,
6: you can hear me, right?
4: I can hear you well. I don't need to see if... Uh... Yeah,
6: you know what I look like.
4: Yes, okay. All right.
6: All right. So I'm here with the breakout star of Race to the Bottom, Dr. Dad. My, my dad, your doctor. How's it going, Dr. Dad?
4: Uh, going well. We're busy. Uh, I, I see patients uh, by not by just talking to them on the phone. I, I don't like it that way, but I am taking care of people and they don't have to risk getting outside and coming to us and, and everything. So it's going okay.
6: How are you feeling as, as this year is coming to an end? it's been a <laughs> hell of a year, huh?
4: Oh geez, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm relieved, and you know, my my birthday's January 19th, and I tell myself that one of the presents I'm getting it will be a day late, but uh, uh, <laughs> you know, January 20th yeah. have a new president.
6: Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've got the vaccine on the horizon, and yeah. But, it's, but I'm sure that your your patients are trying to take stock of this once-in-a-lifetime year and situation. What kind of counsel are you providing them?
4: Well, I always ask them, uh, how are you doing? Is everybody you love safe? And can you work safely? Are you okay? That's sort of where I start. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, most of the time it's good news. But this morning I asked the guy, first guy I did... I talked to and he said, "Oh, Ben," he says. I've been in quarantine. I've been sick. I couldn't breathe for a while. It was really scary. And and then uh, he said a few a week or so ago, his brother died from it. It's like, uh-huh. oh, geez, you know. So it's it's a dangerous thing that's out there getting a lot of people.
6: Yeah so as as far as like epistemologically have you been able to make any sense of of this thing is it just a scientific abnormality or what's it what's i know you're a you like to grapple with meaning what's the meaning of this
4: Uh, well the meaning is that we're part of nature and i looked up uh viruses in this uh, book about evolution and they think that Viruses have been with us, with with life from the very beginning. Uh, that they evolved and have spread from one species to another, and uh, so hey, it's just we're part of nature.
6: Yeah, yeah, it's true. You think we're we're going to learn anything from this? I th-
4: I think so, and uh, hope it's good stuff we're learning. A lot of people are struggling. The percentage of people that are depressed has gone up anxious gone up drinking too much drug use all of those measurements of health have gone up yeah which is scary but there's hopefully people are learning things too some of the things are the truth that we need each other we need our community and Americans tend to be, you know, more and more isolated. We used to live in villages where everybody knew, you know, 10, 30 people, and now we're all scattered all over the place, with uh, people not even knowing who their neighbors. Hopefully, this will bring bring many people together. That's a that's a plus to hope for. There's one more thing that I think we can gain from this, and that is to have a sense of Empathy for many people around the world who constantly live in very dangerous uh, situations with respect to disease that could hit them. And uh, when I was, you know, about this, I was a senior medical student at University of Michigan. We went to um, India for uh, an infectious disease rotation as part of my uh, chance to, to learn about infections. And my goodness, everywhere you turned, you had to be careful that you didn't get malaria and you didn't get tuberculosis. So they're just disease everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so in, in America, we, we we lose track of what, what it's really like in the real world in many places. And so hopefully this will help us have a sense of what that's like so
6: when you were there when you were there in india you experienced a christmas right
4: Uh, yeah we arrived at this um hospital very one doctor hospital in the middle of india on christmas eve becky and i had been married four years we had little julie who was um four months old we had her vaccinated and everything before we left and they had a, a bedroom ready for us. We got there about one or two in the morning and climbed under the mosquito net. And we're, so we fall asleep finally. And about seven in the morning, we wake up to pots and pans being ba- uh, banged and people singing Christmas songs. Uh, the the, the uh, Indians, the Christian Indians were celebrating and they were glad that they had another uh, medical person. And so there we are under the mosquito net with just snuggled up and all these people, you know, singing and banging on pots and pans. It was quite an introduction <laughs> to India.
6: So fast forward to this, this year where we have our own kind of strife. I've been trying to, on the show today, kind of figure out at least Regardless of belief, I feel like it's important, especially this year when in quarantine, every kind of week, every day feels the same to, you know, mark the passage of time, right? To have some kind of feeling of connection. And that's kind of what this, these holidays are to me, you know, this is the first time I'm not going to see you guys for the holidays, I think in my life. So how, how is the advent of Christmas, how is it feeling to you this year?
4: Oh boy, good question. Um, Many thoughts come to my mind, Uh, some really good and and some kind of painful. Tomorrow, December 17th, um, is the 51st anniversary of when my mom died. I was an intern in um, Ann Arbor, and then suddenly this horrible news came and uh, mom had died and and uh, that was, uh, that ruined my Christmases for about four or five years because I did not grieve. And every December, just as Christmas is approaching, I'd go even deeper into depression. And finally, when I was at Vinegar's, I got an evaluation and they diagnosed me as having, you know, depression related to my mom's death. I Get in therapy, actually, it's in psychoanalysis, and begin to grieve. And and then, um, as I finished the grieving process, I pulled out of the depression. And then the Christmases after that weren't quite as bad. But there's always that feeling in the background and off yeah. to the side that this is this is the time that Mom died. And so I had to struggle to you know be happy, get in the mood, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah
6: is that kind of still uh maybe more intense this year
4: or it's, no uh, because i've dealt with it so many times the men's group that i'm in they they uh, honor that and they you know say how you doing dave and they encourage me and i usually call my little well she's gonna be 60
6: yeah Your my little li- sister my
4: little sister yeah she was not she was um eight when mom died so it impacted her even more than me but you know we've we've hung together over the years and talked to each other yeah uh right around the 17th to help each other so it's yeah but on the other hand it's it's a great time of getting together with grandchildren you know uh we've spent time um thinking about everybody in rapid presence and getting the tree up and and there's a whole pile of presents under the tree. And so that part of it is you know, very happy. And, you know, in spite of the virus, we're going to do what we can to link up with everybody.
6: Yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, miss being a part of it, you know, in person. But next year, we, we got to really do it up.
4: Yes. We'll make up for lost uh, lost time.
6: Yeah. All right. Well... Dr. Dad, it's, as always, it's great to talk to you and have you on the show.
4: Thank you. It's good to share our stuff. Uh, that's what brings us together as human beings. We share both our joys and our sorrows. There's the expression, joys shared, or, joys multiplied, and sorrows shared, our sorrows divided. So whenever we can talk with each other, we can feel happier and and deal with whatever gloom and doom is there by commiserating with each other.
6: On that note, I hope to see you soon.
4: And keep up the good show. uh, Always listen to it.
6: All right, how about that? Thank you to Dr. Dad, to Kent Corrin, and to Jay Clarkson. If you're listening to the show on your computer, you can download the app for Android or iPhone which works great, as does our newsletter. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org newsletter if you want to sign up for that. And if you're feeling the giving spirit of the holidays, feel free to drop on by and click on the donate button. And you know what to do there. Today's show, as always, is sponsored by City Running Tours. CityRunningTours.com NYC. Get running and get learning about the city. Is that their tagline? Thank you to City Running Tours. And I'd like to go out with a dedication to my mom, who is recovering from surgery and um, who I'm not going to see, like I said, during the show for the first time during the holidays in my life. And I just, uh, for me and the entire Race to the Bottom community, Mom, we wish you the best with one of the best songs of all time and the best renditions. Bridge Over Troubled Water, the Aretha Franklin version. Have a happy and safe holidays, guys. Next week, we're doing the top ten. Tell your friends. It's going to be a great one. I'm John Reed. This has been Race to the Bottom. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Peace.